This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, golf fans. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada, TSN 1050 and TSN 2 simulcast this morning. Adam Scully and Bob Weeks here in studio. Mark Sacchino is playing... Bally Bunyan? No, he played Bally Bunyan already. He's, I want to say he might be playing Trilly or Old Head. He's somewhere in Ireland right now. So he is, he is enjoying uh, his Ireland uh, adventure right now. And we'll have our Irish travel special coming up a little later in the fall. But Bob, good to be back in studio with you. It's been a while since we've been back in studio. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've been back in this building. I think I've been in, last time was in February when we did Curling Day in Canada. Oh. So it's been a while. Kind of, kind of had to find my way around again. Did the pass work coming in? It, it was, did. Okay. The pass still worked, so that's, that's always a good sign, that's right? That's good. But it's great to be back in studio, and whenever we are in studio for our radio on TV uh, recap specials, uh, we're here for all the big events. And the Open Championship was the last of the four men's majors of the season. We'll be previewing the Evian Championship a little later in the show. There's a women's major this week on the LPGA Tour. Brooke Henderson looking for major number two. We'll have that later on the show. We'll have a full recap of the Open, the week that was at St. Andrews. And I asked you this on TV, I think I did anyway, last week. <laughs> um, everything, it's all, it, it, everything's it's all blended. It's, it's a blur. But, you know, people compare Augusta, or have been comparing Augusta being, you know, the holy grail of golf in the States and St. Andrews being the holy grail of golf overseas. You've been to St. Andrews a couple of times. What's it like actually being, being there on location? Uh, it's an amazing place because you've got this golf course that's been there since you know time immemorial it seems like i think 1500s or something crazy like that and it's basically right in the center of town so imagine the 18th hole of a, of your favorite golf course here finishing on young street <laughs> or that's what it's like you walk off there and you're right there and everything about this town um during the open week anyway is lives eats breathes it's all golf now it there's a lot more to it there's a very big university there um, that uh, Prince, I can't remember, one of the princes, and Prince Andrew, is it? Anyway, uh, went there. Sounds and, right. And, yeah. 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 Uh, so there's that part of it, too. But it is, you, you sense it, you feel it. Um, you go and you can see the Swilkin Bridge, and there's a little uh, shops, old Tom Morris's shop there, and, and it's, uh, it's a really, really cool sense. I will say that the first time you get there, if you've never been there, the first time you get there and you look out and you go, like, that's it? <laughs> That's it, exactly. It looks like a flat field. And the more you see it and the more you understand it, uh, the better it becomes. It's a really, really cool place. Well, I know Tiger has spoken in the past about if there weren't uh, TV towers and grandstands up, he wouldn't know where to go because that's sort of their aiming point. Because like you mentioned, it's a flat land. You go out and you come back into town and... Full, to say the least, it was a lot. Some hype, maybe going into it, where he was saying he was playing some great golf, got some bad breaks, and then the emotional send off for now on Friday. We'll get to Tiger Woods. We'll also have the conversation, and this might be a little biased given the Open was yesterday. Which major was best on the men's side in 2022? We saw Scotty Scheffler winning the Masters, Justin Thomas, the PGA, Matt Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open, and Cameron Smith now at the Open Championship. But so much to get to, but first let's hit some news and headlines.
News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Okay, so we'll get to these live rumors here momentarily as well. But first, let's start with the week that was at St. Andrews and more specifically the winner. Cameron Smith, who stole this tournament from Rory McIlroy. You know, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, it appeared, had a two-horse race going after 54 holes. And then Cameron Smith goes out and goes on a birdie barrage on the back nine, six under 30 on the backside. What did you think of Cam Smith specifically on Sunday's back nine? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, five birdies to start off. He had 12 one-putts, or 12 putts on the back nine. Six, uh, <laughs> six one-putts. And, you know, it just goes to show you, I think it was Willie Park Jr., designer of my golf course, actually, yep. here at Weston, but who once said, the man who can putt is a match for anyone. And it just goes to show you, like Cam Smith, w- with a hot putter, that was the, the real difference. And he just kept rolling them in from everywhere. And there were two putts at the end, which I thought were even more brilliant. They didn't go in, but they were key. Uh, his putt from off the green on 17 to give him a shot, and then that putt on 17 that went in. And then the putt from through the uh, Valley of Sin and up onto the green on uh, 18 were just a little tapping. I mean, those two didn't get as much flash, I don't think, as some of the other ones, but they are so hard, both those ones. I mean, he could have easily putted that one on 17 into the uh, road hole bunker. Uh, he didn't, and... and I mean, just the, the performance down the back nine is why he's the open champion. And I guess TV doesn't do it justice to where the shot he had on 17, where I guess his approach shot, it kind of looked like he mishit it, maybe kind of, not duck hook it, but he... You would think that, you know, here in North America, you'd you know, open up a 60 degree and, you know, go flop city. But to have, to, to have the stones to putt it around like that where, like you mentioned, easily could have put it into the bunker, easily could have hit it onto the road, perhaps, yeah. if he hit it too hard. But this is a guy now who has won some big tournaments this year. You know, the Century Tournament champions in record-setting fashion, the Players' Championship in record-setting fashion, and now an Open Championship. I guess, was this guy due to win a major championship, you think? Well, he's certainly been knocking on the door. He's had some chances. He's been in the hunt a few times before. He's good enough. And, and as we say, with the putter that he has, I mean, putting to me is what, what wins majors more often than not. Mm-hmm. The guy who putts the best is usually the guy with the trophy at the end. So, um, yeah, I think I don't think it's a – I mean, I don't think anybody's surprised other than the fact that he came from four back and beat Rory. But the fact that he's a major champion is not a surprise. And I should point out he's the, uh, uh, the second major champion to win with a mullet. Behind John, John Daly. Daly. There Did you go. see VJ Singh's tweet saying yes. I should start growing a mullet? That's right. Maybe, I mean, whenever we go off air on Golf Talk Canada into the fall, maybe we'll show up in the winter for our FTS and Edge segments and we'll all have mullets. That could and, be. That, yeah. that would be good. We should all come for the Christmas special wearing mullets, I think. Wearing mullets and the mustache, too. I mean, mustache, you grew a yeah. great Movember stash last year. Maybe I'll have to dip, back, <laughs> dip my toe back into that realm uh, this upcoming November. But Cameron Smith, he also opened the week with 26-1 to 1 odds to win Outright. Now, we didn't have, none of us had Cam Smith on our uh, TSN Edge uh, team. You had Rory McElroy. I did. And the entire time, like, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, Bob's, Bob's going to get a win here. He's going <laughs> to get a win here. And I remember I had Cam Smith at the Scottish Open. And for whatever reason, I, I just I didn't pick him at the Open. I had some other guys. And we, I should say as well, we, none, none of our players missed the cut. That's just, that might be a first. Which might be a first. We've had some, uh, I, I think I have the most miscuts by about nine on, uh, on our leaderboard so far. But anyway, Cameron Smith goes on to win. The only player to have won the Players' Championship and the Open in the same year since Mr. Jack Nicklaus in 1978. Uh, the only player in Major Championship history 
with two rounds of eight under 64 in one tournament. Also pretty special. And so lots, lots of great stats about Cam Smith. But there was some uh, awkwardness, some would say, in his uh, press conference afterwards where you could tell he is in this state of euphoria. He was asked about, you know, how many beers do you think he could fit in a Claret Jug, which we'll get to a little later in Winner's Weird and What. But then he was asked about Liv. And he was... Would you say he was defensive in his response? Uh, he was um, evasive, I would say. He did not answer the question, which clearly is answering the question, if that makes sense, the mm-hmm. non-denial denial. And um, the, the reason that question was asked was that uh, um, somebody pulled a bunch of the Australian reporters around, over into an area and gave them the word that this is what's going to happen. Here's the guys who are going to go. And it includes, if the rumors are right, Mark Leishman, another Australian, and so that's why that question came up. And, I mean, talk about bad timing. <laughs> that wasn't the best. Not the best. Not the best. And um, Greg Norman also tweeted this heartfelt tweet, you know, at Cam Smith, you know, so proud of you. Congratulations. Where's, this, where's the world of golf going now, though? Because if the names that are, so the names that are rumored, we'll get to them. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott. Hideki Matsuyama appears to be there. Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood. And then there's Henrik Stenson. So, A, I mean, like, we have to get European citizenship to, to fill out the European Ryder Cup team because their entire team, a lot of the guys who were playing at Whistling Straits, are now, if these, if these are true, going to be playing live. Really, with the exception of Tommy Fleetwood, though, you know, I think those guys are yeah. probably, uh, probably would be mm-hmm. touch and go. Maybe Sergio, I don't know, but... Uh, mm-hmm. We'd have to see if, if those guys would be back on it. The only one that really makes sense to me, which is going to sound weird, uh, is Henrik Stenson. Now, he signed a contract with the DP World Tour to be the Ryder Cup captain that included a clause that was inserted this year by Keith Pelly mm. that said, um, you know, you'll sort of be beholden to the DP World Tour and you won't promote any other tour. So there's going to be some stuff going on there. We've already heard that if he does go, which is likely, he'll be uh, stripped of his captaincy and, and Tommy Bjorn will take over, Thomas Bjorn. For the second time. Ryder Ryder Cup captain. Uh, Stenson makes sense, though, because he's had two financial hits, big Mm -hmm. ones. Uh, He was involved, he had a lot of money with a a company called Franklin Stanford, which turned out to be sort of a big Ponzi scheme. Lost a lot of money there. There was another business venture that he went into that he lost a lot of money. So maybe he's the one who actually needs the money out of all this group. But again... At some point, they're going to have their 48 players that they want, and you can't keep adding players and lopping off other players. Um, otherwise, nobody's. if you're a fringe player or you're not a big star, you're not going to go over there for fear of getting dumped out. But, uh, I mean, Stenson, I'm hearing reports, $30 million, so I'd go too. Yeah, that's it's such a, I mean, people can say all they want and, you know, where the money's coming from, but we'll never know what it feels like to have a check in front of us that says, X million or yeah. 120 million yeah. or 200 million, whatever you know, these guys are reportedly being given and you know being sent right to their bank account. But in terms of world ranking points, like there are so many ways where you can go here. There, you know, guys were apparently talking in some WhatsApp group chat about going to play the Asian tour to get some world ranking points and going together so the world ranking points boost. But doesn't that defeat the purpose of going to live because they want to? play less golf and spend more time with their family but yeah. they're going across overseas and you know spending weeks of their life away from their families now trying to just to get into these majors now it makes no sense and by the time they get organized and do that um, a lot of these guys if they do go as a as a group their world ranking points will be diminished 
so much that the strength of field will still be quite weak. So the amount of points, that's how they get determined how many points are at each event. You base it on the strength of field. And they're not going to have, they're not going to get a ton of points. Now, if you're Cam Smith, you don't care. You're in all four majors for the next five years. That's one of the bonuses of winning. If you're Dustin Johnson, you've got uh, probably the U.S. Open and the Masters. Phil Mickelson's going to be in the Masters. Sergio's going to be in the Masters. Charles Schwartzel. But for a lot of other guys, it's, it's going to be a detraction if you cannot get in. I'm surprised a guy like Taylor Gooch or Hudson Swafford, those guys might, those are the kind of guys who might have trouble getting into majors. That's, and that's where I'm curious now before we go to break. So Cam Smith, if he is going, he is, he's in the four majors. So for him, you wonder, A, is his price going up now yeah, right. after, after winning this and winning the historic 150th Open? And do you think for him it's sort of, I mean, uh, Australian reporters are tweeting out that you know, they've spoken with him and he's looking forward to the FedEx Cup playoffs, so I'm not sure if he's just you know, pawning this off or if he's just, you know, Flying, I don't know, but you wonder now that he has exemptions into these major championships, which what everyone is playing for, as everyone talks about, to think, hey, I'm just going to go chase the dough now and still have chances to play at the majors. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it could be. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those deals where uh, I still think, though, that, you know, week in, week out, are these live events meaningful for these guys? Totally. Like, or is it compared to, say, the RBC Canadian Open or there's big events you know, the, the Memorial, the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, those ones seem to have some legs. Now, I'll give Liv a little bit of a credit here. It's only, they've only, they're two, two events into their, uh, to, into their life, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's the next few weeks, I think, will show a lot, and, and what I think is going to happen is we're going to see a lot of lawyers getting involved. A lot of lawyers getting involved, and we'll have all the latest here on radio, on GTC TV. This is a moving target, and we'll be seeing some new names uh, coming in the next couple days, uh, I'm sure. On the other side, one player who's been the face of the PGA Tour throughout this process, Rory McIlroy. He had one hand on the Claret Jug, couldn't get it done for the second time. We'll recap his performance and the other notables at 150th Open. This is our Open Recap Special Race here on GTC. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Today is our Open Championship Recap Show. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks here in studio. We are TSN 1050 and as well on TSN 2. You can watch us from now until noon Eastern if you're listening live Lots to get to with the Open Championship. We recapped Cameron Smith's performance, who started the week with 26 to 1 odds to win, and now he is the Open Champion at St. Andrews. But someone who was the betting favorite, who was on Bob's TSN Edge team, Mr. Rory McElroy, who through three rounds was playing impeccable golf. Seemed like his tournament to lose, playing with Victor Hovland in the final group on Sunday. And Hovland had been playing great golf throughout the year. McElroy was the betting favorite going into the final round. He had all 18 greens in regulation. He didn't make a bogey, but still he didn't win the, the tournament. What did you think of McElroy's performance on Sunday? 
Uh, well, first, I sort of wasn't surprised at Hovland because it's a big stage to be on, and his short game um, is basically dead last yeah. in strokes gained around the green. Uh, so I wasn't hugely surprised at that. I'm, I, I also wouldn't have been surprised if he'd won, but I, but the fact that he fell off, I, I wasn't surprised. I was sort of shocked at Rory. I kind of felt bad um, that he just couldn't get that putter to go. And it wasn't like he was putting terrible, um, but he you know, he didn't have a lot of sort of stressful par putts. And as Graham Dillette said last night, from a player's standpoint, if you see one go in, sometimes that opens it up and you start to more and more start to go into the hole. So... I think that was almost what it was. It seemed like the harder he tried, um, the more they just missed. Like they left him on the lip, or he he would uh, it would he would play for a you know an inch break to the right, and it would just go straight. And it's got to be frustrating because you work so hard to get yourself to those points. You know, shot, shot, shot. Get on the green. Here's a birdie putt. Miss. Shot, shot, shot. And those things I think start to get up and, and in on you. But the only thing I will say is he was very graceful afterwards. And, and he, I interviewed him a number of years ago. I can't remember what event it was or where it was, but he had a really good line. He said, you know, um, you can play bad golf and still be a good person. And I think mm. that's, that line stood out for me because he really was afterwards. You could tell he was crushed, and, and you know it stung. But he was still complimentary. He admitted to his, his troubles, and uh, a lot of other guys wouldn't have done that. So I, I give Rory a lot of credit for that, but... Man, you know, it's a great season for him, a great year, and, and I th- I'm sure he would have traded everything away for just one major win. That line is quite something, whether you're a professional golfer who's won four major championships or you're a 15 handicap and, <laughs> you know, you play once or twice a week and you come off the golf course shooting 92 and you're so grumpy, but it's like, you know what? We're not playing this game for a living. You can still be a great person off the golf course. And Rory McIlroy, he, he just, he's always that, super honest super honest guy and even after like remember after missing the cut at Portrush in 2019 like he was visibly emotional he was crying same thing at the Ryder Cup this past uh, October at Whistling Straits he was crying after and for him to have the perspective where a he easily could have not spoken to the media because I mean you don't have to speak to the media afterwards and this is what 10 15 minutes after hitting the final putt where the emotions are raw where he had this entire tournament it seemed like in his hands, then Cameron Smith said, see you later, it's mine now. Like, kudos to him for, for this perspective. And, like, would you say that maturity, too? I mean, he's 33 years old now. You wonder if this was five, six years ago, if he would have done the same thing? I don't know. Uh, you're right. I think, But I think he's gone through a lot of thinking. I think he's a smart guy. I think mm. he's a worldly guy. I think he understands I won't say he always was like this, but I think he understands now that golf is what he does for a living. It's not his life. Yeah. And um, and I think having a child probably, you're right, he has matured in a lot of different ways. And he's become the de facto face spokesperson for the PGA Tour in a lot of ways for golf. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think it's taken him a while to kind of figure that out. There were a lot of things where he's gone down roads that have dead ended and but he's admitted it like he he after Bryson started beefing up he did that tried to change his swing and add more speed and he said nah that just ruined my swing <laughs> and a, a lot of guys won't sort of admit those those kind of mistakes but I think maturity has brought to him uh, some perspective on on where he is in the world and and you know what it, what he does for a living and how he can react to it now for years since that last win in 2014 at the PGA Championship at Valhalla we've spoken about you know this this slump this drought 
and he'd have times where you know he'd miss a he'd miss a cut every year at, at a major or he'd have a bunch of backdoor top tens. But to me, it seemed like something changed for him this year at the Masters. Where do you wonder if it's something attitude-wise? Where you know he went out and shot that great round Sunday to finish solo second, which ends up being his best finish at a major this season, which is still kind of hard to believe given his other great chances—three top tens at the majors this season. Oh, sorry, four top tens at the majors this season. Do you think some like what do you think changed with McIlroy, if anything, with his approach at majors? I think? Think, I think his approach has changed. I think yeah. you saw a little bit of that at, this week at the Open. He talked about the process, mm-hmm. about not worrying about where you're going to end up or what you have to do. It's like, I've got to hit a shot here, so let's hit that. I've got to hit a shot here. I've got to putt this putt. Let's try and do that. As opposed to saying, I need to birdie this hole. And I think that changed. And I think, again, um, perspective in the big world changed. That took a lot of heat off him. He, he tried so many different ways, especially going into Augusta, <laughs> to try and get it done, and he still hasn't yet, so he may still be looking. But I think the fact that he has found, um, it almost seems like a piece in how he's going to play golf. And I, I would argue that over this last year, he's probably played better golf than anybody consistently on the PGA Tour. And, and I think that's a big reason is because he has just sort of figured out this is the way I'm going to play, and he's, he's stuck to it. Played a lot of great golf this season, top 10s at all four majors. The third player in the last 50 years to finish eighth or better in all four majors, not one and not winning any of them. The other two, Ricky Fowler that great year in 2014 and Mr. Ben Crenshaw in 1987. So no majors for Rory. He'll have to wait now 262 days until the Masters gets underway. That's, that's way too long of a wait. <laughs> you know, but he's already said he's going to go. He's gearing up for the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's when we're going to see him next. He's it, taking three weeks off. So uh, he's still looking down the road. But those things, as big as they are, they're, they don't match the majors. Exactly. And let's see what, if Rory can finally complete that career Grand Slam next April. Okay, before we go to break, and we'll talk some other notables after the break, including Tiger Woods. But I have to talk about Cameron Young. Because this guy finished solo second at the Open Championship. Four second place finishes already this season. This guy, this guy's future is so bright, isn't it? I mean, a year ago he was on the Corn Ferry Tour, yeah. right? That's the most amazing part of this whole story is how quickly he's come. And um, I, I picked him I, on Saturday. Graham and I were asked, yes. you know, who, who are you going to pick to come out of the back of the pack? He picked Cam Smith. He wins. I give him credit. <laughs> I picked Cam Young because I think that uh, he's a little bit un- underrated, and I think obviously at this point in his career, you almost think in a major championship he doesn't know what he doesn't know, and so that was almost a good thing, but certainly uh, he he shot, uh, he played some great golf, and, and he's fully deserving of that second place check. Seven under 65. You mentioned that second place check. That eagle on the last hole to move him to second place was worth a cool $522,000. So good for Cam Young. And like you mentioned, Corn Ferry Tour last year, one shot out of a playoff at the PGA Championship. The guy hits it an absolute mile off the tee. And he's got this great swing, too, where it's like there's a real pause at the top. And then he just loads everything through. Very Hideki-ish. Very Hideki-ish, exactly. So, I mean, good for Cam Young. A couple of short misses with the putter too. I think the first hole he three putted yeah. from 40 feet and he, he didn't touch the hole from four feet and then he missed a short birdie putt on 16, 16. where he had to play like a foot of a foot of break from what six feet yeah. and left it short where it's so hard to hit the balls hard enough on those greens because they're so slow and play enough break like if you're playing anywhere you know at any, any place they play like you can just sort of 
dribble it online it'll feed into the hole but you have to play this with a lot of pace so yeah it's hard you've got to really firmly wrap it and it uh you know the greens there are running about nine and a half ten kind of yeah they're used to sort of somewhere around 12. Mm -hmm. that i don't know if that measure makes sense for a lot of people but it's uh it's considerably slower and the the fescue grass the balls tend to kind of go out and then just stop suddenly almost it's like velcro yeah it's very frustrating if you don't get the hang of it yeah well for anyone in north america who wants a sense of what it's like to play the old course or any link style course go to cabot yeah. because that's really what it's like having been over playing in ireland and and at cabot it's pretty similar on the other side we'll continue to recap the open championship and take a look at tiger woods what a week it was and what's next this is golf talk canada this segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. This is our Open Championship Recap Special. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks here in studio. You can listen to us on TSN 1050 or watch us on the TSN 2. All four men's majors now in the books. An LPGA major coming up this week, the Evian Championship. Also a Champions Tour major this week. Also the Senior Open. Also the... Um First U.S. Open Adaptive Golf Championship oh, for big uh, week. Yeah, it's big week. And big also, week. our own James Duffy is playing an event at TPC <laughs> Osprey Valley. Hopefully, they have the rain suits <laughs> packed. Boy, it's a it's kind of a misty morning here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Well, hopefully, they have the rain suits packed, and they didn't need the rain suits though at the Open Championship, which is well, I guess Friday morning a little, a little bit, bit, a little bit. But you sort of want to see some condition. You want to see some carnage, don't you? I mean, I've been uh, I've covered the uh, the Open when. We've been in shirt sleeves and shorts, and yeah. I've covered it when we've been in rain suits and toques, and I love the latter part, even though it's a lot more uncomfortable, but it's, totally. it feels more like what you're expecting over there. I'm trying Although, to like... today, in England, it's supposed to be the hottest day on record. It's supposed to get to 40 degrees oh. in the UK. Wow. So, I'm trying, <laughs> like The last day in, in my, that I can think of where there was carnage was the final day at Portrush in yeah. 2019 when they moved the tee times up, right. which is unheard of for the RNA for, for the Open Championship to do that. But other than that, it's been a little... I mean, last year, I can recall that it was nicer at Royal St. George's when Morikawa won than it was, ni than it was in Toronto. Like, it was yeah. warmer there. Yeah, which that's was, right. It was a nice sunny day. They were all in shirt sleeves. And, which was weird. Yeah, strange but, stuff. But hopefully, hopefully next year, yeah, just one day. I just want to see, maybe like on the Saturday when, you know, it doesn't affect the draw too much, just Saturday. Let, let's see some carnage out there. But uh, speaking of carnage, Victor <laughs> Hovland's final round wasn't great. You know, starting three rounds in the 60s, playing impeccable golf. You mentioned, Bob, in our last segment, that is short game, strokes gain around the green is last on the PGA Tour. But a lot of people were making good points that you don't really need to chip that much at St. Andrews no. because the greens are the biggest greens we'll ever see. But for a guy who hadn't had a top 10 since the Players' Championship, for a guy who hadn't broken 70 in a final round, since the Players' Championship, for a player who hadn't had a top 10 at a major and playing with Rory McIlroy in the final group, this wasn't all that surprising, was it? Uh, no, you know, I think, uh, I think Hovland is, 
he's a great player. We know that. He's we've seen him perform. He hasn't, as you said, had the great sort of summer, but his short game is lacking. But as you point out, that you don't really have to use it all that much. But you do have to hit some bunker shots. You do have to uh, hit some bump and runs, which kind of count as well. But uh, yeah, Hovland's a good player. Hovland's uh, a guy that if he had won the Claret Jug, I don't think we would have been shocked. It wouldn't have been like mm-hmm. a. Uh, jaw-dropping thing he's good enough to do that I think he will contend in more majors as he gets in there but again on the same token as I said earlier it wasn't overly surprising him as well to see him kind of fall back when he got into the mix and the hunt because unless you've been there you don't know what it's like you don't know the feeling I I I think that his game is good enough to win a major whether he does or not we'll we'll have to wait and see and plus he was using golf clubs that weeks he flew over to scotland at the for the genesis scottish open his clubs didn't make it so his club manufacturer pin ping built him the same set he has but he's still using different golf clubs so i mean I, good for except for the putter i should say so good for him for you know playing as well as he did he was uh, he was pretty good at the Ryder cup last year playing in all five matches for europe he'll be a Ryder cup stalwart here going forward speaking of guys who have been Ryder cup stalwarts not really sure going forward here with the old live situation is tommy fleetwood who Tie, tie for fourth. We both had him on our edge teams this past week. This is a guy who had a sneaky good year at the majors. Three finishes inside the top 15. So pretty good major season for Tommy Fleetwood. Still waiting to break out. What did you think of Fleetwood's week at the Open? Uh, I thought he played very well. He played like I expected him to play. I, I have sort of been tracking him a little bit, and I've always wondered what had happened because two years ago he was... Uh, was it two years or three years ago, I guess, because he didn't have it two years ago. He was finished runner-up. Shane Lowry, that's right. And, and I sort of thought that, that uh, this guy would continue to play some really good golf. It kind of fell off, and you never know what's going on behind the scenes or if there's an injury or an illness or what, whatever happens. But um, his, his play was, uh, was really, I mean, very, very solid. Bogey-free 67 on Sunday. And um, just kind of a consistent guy who's played well in these championships before. And I... I kind of expected him to play well in these going ahead. We'll see if he, how many he gets into now that he's rumored to be one of the guys perhaps going over uh, to the other league. But 66-67 uh, on the weekend will we'll move you up most leaderboards. It sure will. Good for Tommy Fleetwood. Still looking for that first major championship. A player who has gone to live and has played in two events and was in the mix for a lot of this tournament was Dustin Johnson, too. And we haven't really seen much of DJ, obviously. We're now playing on the Live Tour, but this is a guy who hasn't won on North American soil since the 2020 Masters, and which is still hard to believe given that run he was on at the end of 2020. We thought, is this guy ever going to lose? This was a Tiger-esque run. And it seemed like DJ had some issues with the putter, which has sort of been the story of his life and, and and off the tee it seems like he's been fighting a pole throughout the the year and now you know it seemed like he was driving it better but for dj a top six finish another solid finish of the open championship i always wonder these guys who've gone over to live how much they grind and practice compared to what they did when they were on the pga they're essentially like a month apart um and and you wonder if these guys sit at home and, you know, sit on the couch and eat Cheetos and watch TV, or if they actually go out to the range with that same consistent timing that they used to do. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you know, spitballing here. But you wonder for a guy like a DJ or a Brooks Kepka. Uh, I mean, DJ has this natural talent that he is so good without really working exceptionally hard. And um, I recall the putting thing reminded me, I think you were there with me. We were at the Kingdom one time, and DJ happened to be there. And he... Um, 
we saw Bill Price, who was in charge of all the putters, as we were leaving, he was walking back towards their practice area, carrying like about nine different putters. All They were all essentially the same spider putters, but some of them had different lines, markings, uh, alignment tools on them, just to try and find one that DJ could uh, could use that he liked. Yeah, well, another, you know, he's he's always fascinating to watch. And like you mentioned, this raw, natural talent looking for that third career major. A lot, number of good finishes now at the Open. Uh, before we talk about Tiger, Bryson DeChambeau also had a very good week. And he's he's had a bizarre year. I mean, you know, live aside, this is a guy who had surgery. He came back from a hand injury about a month and a half way too soon. Obviously, he wasn't shown very much. Because, A, he wasn't really in the mix at all for the tournament. He shot 66 on Sunday. But, I mean, it was clear that the players who had played on Live weren't getting the same attention on, on TV. I was kind of looking forward to seeing how Bryson would attack the old course, given the firm conditions. But tie for eighth, I mean, we'll see him in these Live events coming up here going forward. It's a pretty impressive week for him, given where his body or he's taken his body uh, in the last couple of months when, with the surgeries. You wonder if this kind of links golf suits his style of game, like the power game, because there's so much unpredictability once the ball lands yeah. that it doesn't matter if you're hitting it 300 or 400 or whatever it is. And, and even the short guys can hit it 400 because it'll just bounce down the fairway. So you wonder if it's an advantage for him to play these. Um, I don't know. I have, again, spitballing out there, but I think that Bryson's record in majors is another one of those question marks where we're not, I mean, he's obviously won, but outside of that, you know, you wonder... Um, how much of an advantage does it give him when he plays in these events? Because certainly his Masters record isn't great. And uh, obviously U.S. Open, he's done well, which is the one you would think he wouldn't do well in because you've got to keep it straight. But um, interesting guy. His first top 10 out of major since that win at 2020 at Wingfoot, that September U.S. Open, which uh, he dominated, won by six shots. Who knows when we'll see Bryson next? I guess whenever the next Live event uh, is going forward. Now, someone who was very vocal about Live before the week, we played his entire three and a half minute clip on Golf Talk Canada last week because it, there was just so much to take away from that was Tiger Woods, and we hadn't heard much from Tiger talking about Live, and you know, good on him for his stance and his leadership through this, and Rory and JT and all the guys who are standing up here for the PGA Tour. But live aside, let's talk about Tiger's week. And you and Mark both said that I think maybe that he'd be hovering around the cut line. But in terms of, we'll get to the reception, the amazingness of Friday morning, Friday afternoon in Scotland. In terms of performance, I think his whole week was summarized by his first hole. He just got bad luck. What, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think it set the tone for, for the week that he had. And it was, you know, to, look, Tigers hit shots out of divots a, a lot mm -hmm. on his, in his career. And, and to, you know, we're making a lot about the fact that it was in the divot. But where that shot ended up in the burn yeah. is shocking. And that's a mishit. There's no way that he could have been trying to be finessing that up close to the, you know, he's playing that 20 feet, 20 yards, I should say, behind the pin like everybody else did that day. So it, there's a bad swing. And maybe that's... As opposed to the bad result, to me it's the bad swing or the, the bad uh, performance there that did set the tone. But I think, you know, the old Tiger, you would see him, if he got behind early, and say, okay, let's get back to even for the day. And that's what's always one of the best parts of his game, was that he was able to turn uh, a bad round into just a mediocre round. 
he never let the real doesn't won't say never because I saw him shoot 81 time at, at Muirfield but you never he never sort of had the um, the horrible round where it kind of unspooled on him he was always able to kind of grind these these uh, uh, these rounds back into shape and he just never was able to do that on that on that Thursday round and you know he shot three over on Friday's second round and but he also he looked like a guy which is totally understandable who coming into this week had played seven competitive rounds of golf and he was just very rusty and even he said too some of the pin locations that the RNA had set up for St. Andrews were in some interesting spots that he hadn't seen before which they almost had to do given how firm the golf course was how short the course was playing but yeah, he just looked like a golfer who was rusty and like his his leg putting even though he'd spent, you know, days at St Andrews, it just it wasn't very good. No, it wasn't good and um there's a there's a difference between going there and playing practice rounds and then getting out there in the real round because sometimes the speeds can change. Mm-hmm. Uh as you said the pin locations were were just nasty and I think that uh I think it kind of shows where Tiger's abilities are right now. It's not that he doesn't want to do it. Uh, he certainly, you know, his heart wants him to do something, but his body simply won't let him do that. And it's yeah. not, as you, I think you pointed this out earlier in the week, where it's not just his, his, uh, his leg, it's his back as well. We, he's still got that bad back. So um, there's a lot of stuff going on with Tiger that I think we're have to going to come to accept, and he is too. And he is too, and and you know, it wasn't a great playing performance by Tiger, but the reception walking up 18 on Friday. I don't know if someone on the TV was cutting some onions or something. It, it got a little misty. It got a little misty for, for those watching. Myself, for sure. But uh, did you think he was going to stop on the bridge? No, I yeah. didn't think so. Tiger's, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I've come to know that Tiger is a stubborn guy, that he will never throw in the towel. That's just kind of his makeup. And he, mm-hmm. he wants to play more British Opens. He made that pretty clear afterwards. He does just sort of thought that maybe this would be the last time he'll walk across the Swilkin Bridge in any kind of meaningful way. I expect he'll come back there and bat it around a little bit. But it almost, it almost got to the point where I wonder if he knows that his leg only has so many rounds of golf left in it. And, you know, whether, he, whether that's one year, two years, three years, whatever, but it's certainly probably not going to be eight years. No. And you think how old he's going to be. He's going to be in his early 50s by that point. So um, I think this was, uh, this was a good way to say goodbye to St. Andrews and the old course. And how about just the reception that he got walking up of all the, the fans cheering him on, you know, Rory McIlroy playing the first hole at the same time, which was symbolic too, in a sense. And I know Rory's 33 and, you know, Tiger's 46. So, like, it's not like... Tiger and Jack back in 2000 where there was a big age gap. These guys are about 13 years apart. That was just one of the cooler golf moments, I think, of the year. I was just watching him take it in, too, because we've known this guy for so long being not a robot, but being, you know, he's eye on the prize, he's focused, and you could tell he was touched by the whole thing. Yeah, the only, someone asked me, have you seen Tiger emotional? The only times I can think about is when he won uh, the U.S. Open not long after his U.S. Open, he the, won the Open after, after his 06. Fa- yeah. 06, sorry, after his father died. And then I think also the um, after he won in 2019, or 20, yep. 20, no, 29, whatever, yep. last Masters that he won and came off with his son and his family there. So those, but nothing like this. This is a, a different kind of emotion from Tiger, and this was kind of the, to me, it's the new Tiger. It's, a, it's that we've seen the last four or five years where he lets you inside, where he's not afraid to expose himself and, and say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm vulnerable. You never used to see that from Tiger, and you never used to hear that from Tiger. So 
um, it was a it was a pretty poignant moment. It was a it was a very cool moment, and uh, you know, good on him for toughing it out and trying to play. And this is one that's been on his calendar. Even you know, he was Justin Thomas was saying last summer, you know, Tiger was giving him the needle, saying, "I'm going to beat you at the Open next year," and he's sitting in a cast. I mean, you know, this is it's a it's a miracle that he's gone on and he's played this much golf this year and to make the cut in the first two majors where we have seen some images and video of what his leg actually looks like like that is unbelievable like that round he played the first round at augusta to shoot one under to be four shots off the lead like that that has to be one of the sports moments of the year i i think anyway it's uh it's an amazing performance i mean we were i think earlier in the year we were sort of debating on when we'd see him come back and i think and uh, to play those first two majors and, and to pass on the U.S. Open to be ready for this major uh, also shows you how important it was for him to be at, uh, at the old course. And before we go to break, the, the big question that I think people are curious now is what's next? Because you know, Hero World Challenge, father-son, not, nothing. Like, I, 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 he's not gonna, going to show up at a fall series event. There's, there's no chance of that. Like, we're not going to see him play until, what, December, you think? Well, he's not going to. He's... Not going to qualify for the yeah, not quite. Off, so <laughs> yeah. I would think I would think you'll see him at the Hero. I think you'll see him at the Father Son for sure. And then the next meaningful tournament might be at the Genesis at Riviera. Um, that's the one that he hosts. Mm-hmm. I would think he might play there. And the and but it's going to be limited. It's going to be totally. at most. I think he'll play half a dozen times the four majors and maybe a couple others. Yeah, you've got a. It's so I'm so curious about everything he has to go through just to play around a golf the ice bass. I've. You know, and you will get to this later in three dub in terms of ice bass, but I, I've taken a few and they're incredibly painful. And to do this, what, two, three, four times a day, to, just, just to play golf. Kudos, Tiger. It's been a remarkable career. And if that's the last time we see him in a very competitive state, it's been a, it's been a great, uh, great career. Uh, on the other side, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. Later today, we are giving away not one, but two prizes from TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Wrapping up hour one, the front nine here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks in studio. This is our open championship recap show, TSN 1050. And you can watch us on TSN 2 if you're listening, watching live until noon. And 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues on Golf Talk Canada as it does throughout the season. This week, we have not one, but two major prizes. This week, we're giving away a set of TaylorMade P790 iron. Wow. And... A Stealth Plus driver together. Holy smokes. And prize. Uh, what a prize. What a haul that is. And all you have to do, you know what to do. Follow Golf Talk Canada, Taylor May Canada, Twitter, Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in the draw to win. We've given away a bunch of uh, great prizes throughout the year. Last year or last week, we gave away this new Stealth UDI driving iron that Rory McIlroy had in the bag this week. 
uh, Tommy Fleawood, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson as well. I don't think it made Tiger's bag. I think he was testing it out. I'm not sure if he actually used it in the bag. And, Bob, I know you didn't golf this weekend, but hopefully weather-dependent you're going out in the golf course today. Uh, yeah, maybe a little later, and okay. i got a game on Thursday. Oh. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to – it's been a little bit of a layoff. I actually – it's a good thing because oh. I had a little uh, oyster-shucking accident on oh. my finger the other day, oh. so I had to let that kind of heal a bit. Yeah, those oysters – bite you there's you've got to watch them so uh but we're all we're all good ready to go and and i've said this a million times i'm loving my gear this year it's been uh it's been a real difference maker that and some golf lessons and i'm going to do something oh uh that you did recently adam i'm going to go visit our friend ralph and get a little putting lesson because that's my uh my weakness at the moment which is usually not the case but i'm just frustrated enough that i'm going to drive down the highway and see him i am so excited for you because ralph hopefully you're watching this <laughs> you have changed my life putting. <laughs> I, I feel like a new man and it was very eyeline very simple <laughs> and uh using his tour read app as well yeah which uh, which is very cool i recommend everyone go to the app store download it it's available and um but what he has done for my putting i'm sure he'll do something similar to you and and simplify it because yeah. you know even like rory rory mcelroy for years I mean, maybe this little technical stroke and now he's gone to brad faxon who is trying to you know putt like an athlete a little bit and go into a putt and always keep moving and even you know cameron smith is now one of the great putters given his performance this past week and he's got this simple stroke he's accelerating through it so. flow of his of his putting stroke is just beautiful it really is it really is beautiful and uh cam smith he is a major champion now one of the four major champions uh, in the men's game um not including the seniors of course who have a uh, major later this week the lpga tour is a major this week we'll get into the lpga ma- major in hour two but on the other side we're going to kick off the back nine of gtc Recapping the year of major championships, there were four great winners in Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Smith. But which major was best? Which one was the most boring? Who was the best champion? We'll discuss that and much more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, the back nine here on our Open Championship Recap Show. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks in studio. We are on TSN 1050, and you can watch us on TSN 2 until the top of the hour. We are recapping the week that was Cameron Smith's first career major championship is an Open Championship at the Claret Jug. Or he wins the Claret Jug and his third win of the season on the PGA Tour. Now, this is the... That was the final major of the uh, men's 
calendar. And hard to believe now, 262 more days <laughs> until the Masters. Let's get the hype machine ready. Can Rory McIlroy complete the career guy and slam? What will Tiger Woods be doing in 262 days? Can't wait for that. I'll have the calendar ready and just crossing off the days <laughs> as they come through. But it's something we always do here on GTC when the majors are, are through on the men's side is recap what they were and, and which was the best one, which sort of had you on the edge of your seat. And you were at the first three. I was. Correct? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that not being there in person, it might change uh, my, my different perspectives. Who knows? But of the four, and if you, if you can try to not be biased in terms of one finished yesterday, <laughs> right. what was your favorite major? Um, I'd probably say the PGA Championship. Mm. I kind of liked the fact, you know, they had to go to the playoff. And it was a there was a lot of uh, volatility in the scoreboard. There was a number of different players who had chances to get in there. The Masters was uh, always good. It's always the Masters, but I mean, when a guy can four putt the last hole and win, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, it's kind of a drama. Even Rory said, you know, I didn't really have a chance to win that one, even with that that great last round. The U.S. Open was also good. I like that one, but I felt that. Um, Matty Fitzpatrick kind of was good. And he's a great winner. All four of these guys are great winners. Mm-hmm. I got to interview two of the three, I guess. Yes. Um, the, I got to interview Scotty. I had a nice little long chat with Scotty Scheffler when he was here in town for the RBC Canadian mm-hmm. Open. They're all really nice guys. But I just felt that that PGA Championship with JT and Will Zalatoris, and then you had Cameron Young right there, and you had all those uh, Mito Pereira with that you know, collapse. And, and so to me, that had a lot of things going on, that, and that's what I like down the stretch. And you bring up Will Zalatoris and him and Rory McIlroy and Cam Young. They all had great seasons in the majors, but just couldn't get it done. And you've got to think the future is very bright. Obviously, Rory McIlroy is a little older, but specifically for Zalatoris, we haven't spoken about on this show yet, and Cam Young, given the success that they both had in the majors this year. Exactly. You know, people, people forget that you see all these big names going to live. And you think, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Well, three years ago, who knew Cam Young? Who knew Will Zalatoris? We didn't know them. And now they're legitimate stars in the game. So there's always going to be players who are going to come up, always going to be players who will make their marks in major championships. And it's, you know, there's a lot of guys who've done it once, but now when you do it once or twice or three or five or whatever it is now for Will Zalatoris, I think those are the guys you start watching and seeing. And I I can always remember... um, not the last Masters, but two years ago, there was Corey Connors played with Will Zalatoris in the last group. Mm. And it was the first time I'd walked and followed Zalatoris, and I just remember him. It was like he was running to get to the next shot because he was just so excited to play golf. He just wanted to hit that next shot, and you could see it in his eyes. You could see him walking towards it. And, and, and I asked Corey about that afterwards, and he sort of said, yeah, that's the way we all are when we sort of start out here. And, and you have to learn to kind of pace yourself. But I just, I just saw the energy in that guy, and it's, it's, he's so much fun to watch play golf. And for a guy who has like a 28-inch waist and he's about <laughs> yeah. 112 pounds soaking wet, he absolutely bombs it off the tee, too. <laughs> John McCarthy, who was the, the great writer for the Toronto Sun, was over at the Open Championship, and he tweeted this week that he went into a restaurant and talk, was talking with the manager, and apparently Will Zalatoris had been in there the day before, and the uh, manager's line was, he says, it's amazing how much that kid can eat considering how skinny he is. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, you know, Zalatoris, a couple of close calls at the majors. I couldn't quite get it done. But I, I think we, uh, for me, it's the Open Championship was great because it was 
and I tweeted this out, probably the the best leaderboard we had seen strength of field since the 2019 Masters, when obviously Tiger won, but you know, these see the names were right up there. And Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, Bubba Watson was up there. There were so many, you know, Tony Fino, Francesco Molinari, just to name a few. There were so many top names up there. And even, you know, at the open, there were a number of great names. The Masters, the same. I mean, JT really came out of nowhere. You know, he had uh, you know, like a 1% chance standing on the 10th tee to win the PGA Championship <laughs> and, and went on to, to win. Uh, but, and, and, you know, the, the shot we saw from Fitzpatrick on the 18th hole, the 72nd hole, would you say at the U.S. Open, would you say that that was the shot in terms of like best shot of the majors? I'm trying um, to think of some other ones. Maybe top, the full swing for sure. Yeah. I think I think Cam Smith's uh, putt from off the green on 17 yeah. was pretty remarkable. Um, there were, I, th- I think, uh, Scotty Scheffler's fourth putt on the 72nd yeah. hole was pretty incredible. Or even but... his chip in, too, on the third hole, Scotty yeah, Scheffler. that's true. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. I mean, that was a pretty remarkable. For people who haven't been there, and I'll be lucky enough to say that I've played that hole, you cannot believe how difficult it is to land a ball on that green in the best of circumstances from, you know, 60 yards out in the middle of the fairway. And for him to get it in the hole from where he was is uh, is jaw-dropping. That that was an amazing shot. It really was an amazing shot. And, you know, Scheffler out-dueled Cameron Smith at the Masters. And then Scheffler clearly didn't have his best stuff at the Open. In the final round, Cameron Smith out-duels him. In terms of the odds, Scheffler opened Masters Week with 16-1 to odds. Justin Thomas opened PGA Championship Week with 17-1 to odds. Matthew Fitzpatrick started U.S. Open Week with 25-1 to odds. And Cameron Smith, 26-1 to odds. So no real long shots. Like guys who are sort of no outright favorites won this year, which almost is surprising given Scotty Scheffler's run heading into the Masters, having already won three times and that was his fourth win at the Masters. Whereas, you know, last year, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship, and his pre-tournament odds were 200 to 1. <laughs> so I guess that's sort of the... I mean, if, if Mito Pereira had won the PGA Championship, that would have been like a real outlier, or kind of a random... Ben Curtis's, your Todd Hamilton's, your Sean McKeel's of the world, sort of guys who quite literally have come out of nowhere to win. So I think it's it's cool that there are so many players who are less than 30... Who are now succeeding, and and now these, uh, you know, Justin Thomas picked up a second career major. It took him five years to do that. The other three, Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Smith, all picked up their first major. Now let's see how long it takes them to get that number two. Is there is this going to you know open it up for them, or is it going to be another five six years to do that? You wonder. Scotty Scheffler just seems like a guy who's always there as well. I mean, he's he was up near the top again yesterday, and um, you see his game. It doesn't look remarkable. It's actually, somebody was pointing out to me, we were talking about how Tiger's swing, you know, he's unable to push off with his back foot. He can't drive it. And Scotty Scheffler almost does that uh, with a good leg because he's that, that leg he sort of carries it through. He does get a little push off when you slow it down. But, um, but I, I found his year pretty remarkable because of where he was uh, two years ago or a year ago or whatever. Now he's just he's such a good player, and he's just always, always, always in the hunt. He's always in the hunt for sure and playing uh, playing some great golf. Didn't putt well at all on uh, during the final round. I, I found it funny, though, on social media, his caddy, Ted Scott, went and played Carnoustie yesterday yeah. after and that's played right. the last two holes in the dark. So like that's pretty cool to go out and, and play golf late into the night. And there are also some great pictures on, on social media as well of some fans putting on the 17th hole yesterday after yeah. it was finished. And because 
like you've mentioned before, on Sundays, St. Andrews is a public park, correct? That's right. Yeah, there's, they, they put the signs up there that say that it's, I think it's a 25-pound fine if you don't pick up after your dog. Because <laughs> wow. you see dogs running around. You see people, the first year, first time I was there, I think in 2010, you see people out on, you know, we got there on a Sunday and you walk over and there's people having picnics on the, on the middle of the 15th fairway or something. It's just wild. But that's what the, it is. It's a public golf course. People don't realize that. And the clubs... There's more than one club that has access to the golf course. Pretty crazy, and I'm looking forward to getting there at, at some point. And before we go to break, a couple things um, that I want to touch upon. We'll get to some guys who were disappointing in majors this season. But first, you know, St. Andrews is this historic ground. Uh, you know, 30th Open Championship. This was held at St. Andrews, the 30th time they've hosted, I should say, 150th Open. But the pace of play the first two days was slow. Tiger's group on Thursday took six hours and nine minutes to play. And do you think it was because it was so firm and so fast because guys had to wait for a lot of par fours to clear and our guys would wave them up and come play and because of some of the tricky pin locations? It's, It's part of that. It's also part of the fact that the every hole is a double green except for one in 18. Mm-hmm. So you're not only waiting for one group, you can also wait for two groups. And because in a lot of cases, the greens and the tees are very close together, that you, you kind of wait. You don't want to be teeing off while some guy rolls in a 30-footer for birdie or something. So there's a lot of waiting and standing around. And a lot of times, uh, I can remember uh, in 2015, there was one hole. I'm trying to think what hole it was now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There were four groups on the hole waiting to tee off. Like, like oh sort of, sort of. Now one group was in the process, but that's how backed up it can get there. It's a very condensed golf course. If if you haven't been there, it's there's not a lot of room in the actual course. There's lots of rooms around it, lots of room around it because they've got other golf courses and things. But there are um, there are just places where you have to wait for the sake of the golf. Now they did on Friday sort of instruct players. Okay, if you are on the back nine greens you play first before the guys on the front nine so it's uh it but there's there's still no excuse for six hours and nine minutes yeah that's just that's way too slow and i mean we had spoken to about last week on our preview show that because this isn't the longest golf course in the world and it's playing so firm and so fast we could see some super low scores and you know there's people on twitter you know 20 under that's too easy but in, in the end, the best player won this week, right? Whether he's 20 under or 8 under. Exactly right. And, and um, you know, the f- people always bring up this score stuff. And I'm, I'm going to ask you right now. Do you remember what Scotty Scheffler shot at the Masters? I don't remember what it was. I have no idea. And who cares? We yeah. know we won. And that's what will happen in five years from now. You'll remember Cam Smith won. But, you know, some uh, hardcore addicts will probably remember. 20 under but I because th- it was a record or equal to record mm-hmm. but other than that you know it's it who cares like you said the guy won he was the best player of the week and now he's the champion golfer of the year and he was well deserving to be that champion golfer of the year before we go to break and and switch gears and talk about Brooke Henderson's chances this week at the Evian championship another major seasons in the books and you know a couple noteworthy guys who couldn't get it done this season you know, you think of John Rahm. You think of after the the start he had. You think of Jordan Spieth, who still is sort of working on this over-the-top sort of move that looks very unconventional. And sometimes he plays, he looks like he can't miss a shot, and sometimes he misses a two-footer and looks dumbfounded. <laughs> you know, Colin Morikawa, another guy 
who uh, obviously he, has, he already has two majors, so you know expectations are sky high. Obviously, things have changed for some players. You know, on live, you know, Bryson DeChambeau's had a strange year. Dustin Johnson's had a strange year. But maybe of those guys, or is there another guy who you're yeah, disappointed with in terms of the majors? Uh, Hideki, yeah, didn't really have a good year in terms of the major championships. Tony Finau, another guy who's sort of he was in one of them, but I can't, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's. Enough guys out there. I mean, Brooks Kepka's had just an yeah. off year all around. Um, so there are some big names who just didn't get themselves consistently in the hunt or near the top of the leaderboards and a lot of those things. And some of them are for legit reasons with, um, with, with some injuries and mm-hmm. things. But, yeah, there was some disappointment. There always are. There are always some guys who just can't get it going. Yeah. Yeah, so many guys, and I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, you know, we we wish Brooks Kepka. Maybe he got some bad juju after seeing us on the streets, <laughs> right? In uh, in L.A. when we were there for the, our TaylorMade event, and uh, we ran at him for about eight seconds. That was still a very strange thing. But anyway, <laughs> Brooks Kepka didn't have a great season uh, on the majors. Uh, but coming up on the other side, Brooke Henderson's looking for her second career major at a tournament. She has two career top tens at at the Evian Championship. We'll preview her chances coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside our Open Championship Recap Show. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks here in studio. Mark Sacchino is on a golf course in Ireland. Uh, Caddying, trying to make some extra money. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say Waterville maybe today. Oh, Waterville. That's maybe, nice oh, maybe, well, that was, maybe that was yesterday. He's had some great weather, though. I mean, they're all in shirt. All these pictures yeah. of people over there in Come shirt on. sleeves and look, putting on, as they call it over there, their sun cream. Yeah, put, <laughs> putting on their sun cream. But uh, we'll have a, a full recap of Mark's trip to Ireland next our show and oh, I'm also sure. I'm sure and uh, and and our Irish travel special on television which will be released uh, a little later during the fall portion of the schedule before we uh, turn our attention to Brooke Henderson who's playing in a major championship this week at the Evian we haven't discussed the two Canadians who were in the field at the Open Championship Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes and we'll get to Max very unlucky week momentarily but Corey Connors had a great Sunday Shooting a five under sixty-seven rounds of seventy-one, 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 sixty-seven. Another quality finish at a major T twenty-eight. This has to bode well for him for the not only the rest of the season, but for the Presidents Cup too, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll get the updated standings, and there's a few other people maybe leaving the uh, yeah. rankings there. We'll see what happens. That might open up a few. Well, Cam spots. Smith leaves. Yeah. Oh my. Mark God. Leishman. Maybe. Yeah. I know there's some guys out Kyle there Scott, who might yeah. be uh, captains' picks or locks. Uh, yeah, Corey. I think. Judging by what I read in his transcript after the round yesterday, was that was the round he was looking for kind of all week. He um, had never been to the old course before, so it was a bit of a learning experience. Hasn't played a ton of Lynx golf, so that was a learning experience. But as he said, you kind of you kind of soak it all in. You get more and more every time you play. Every time you go out there, you're you're adding to your artillery of for the next time. And um, he had a couple of run-ins on Thursday and Saturday with the road hole bunker, which he didn't want to didn't want to face, obviously. But um, I think I think he's he kind of proved that uh, he can battle back in any conditions. Now 
He did miss the cut in both the U.S. Open and the PGA this mm -hmm. year. You know, that was a little bit of a surprise. The U.S. Open is the one that shocks me. He's never made the cut there, or it hasn't in the last three anyway. And it's, it's with, um, <laughs> it should be the most perfect one for him because you've got to drive it straight and you've got to hit greens. So I've never figured that one out. But um, I, I, I judged by reading yesterday that he was really happy with that 67 and as well he should be. And for a guy who, you know, had a good finish at the Open last year, for a guy who was three consecutive top tens at the Masters, you would think that, you know, he's going to break out here at some point. And who knows, maybe he can pick up one of the, you know, a, a playoff event here, get get another victory. He has that one career win. And, you know, Corey Connors, I, I think he's due to pick up another win given his. Just had an unlucky week, a strange week, where he was battling uh, through the gorse and was battling a neck issue as well? He uh, apparently woke up on Wednesday with a bad neck and then woke up again on Thursday with a bad neck, almost withdrew. He took some uh, ibuprofen, I guess, and he uh, got some work done on it, and it kind of loosened up enough where he could swing. And then he hit a tee shot on, I think it was the 13th hole, into some gorse, and he went in to try and pick the ball out and got attacked by the thorns and there was a very brief picture of his arm and he had to actually go and get some of the needles taken out they went to the medic uh, and i don't think it was ridiculously serious but it was painful enough to try and finish that round that it made uh, made a difference but i think the neck issue did bother him and he he was actually in good shape to try and win or try win to try and make the cut and then just hit a bumpy patch uh on the back nine on his uh, second round where he i think he had four bogeys in a row and, or, um, or four over par holes in a row anyway, and just sort of fell out. And it was just, um, again, apparently, according to uh, his caddy, Jace Walker, he said he was just crushed by, uh, by missing the cut because this is something that he really wanted to play on the weekend. Yeah, he was five over in a four-hole stretch on a second nine on Friday afternoon to miss the cut. And there was some, you know, he had some great value coming in in terms from a betting perspective, but he was the guy who you, he came T6 last year at the Open Championship, the best ever finished by a Canadian-born player. And, I mean, the, the President's Cup conversation is so fascinating to me given all these rumors now. Like, if, if Smith, Leishman, and, and Adam Scott all are going to live and they all you know commit to it now and they're all out of the president's cup maybe we could see another maybe we could see four canadians yeah i was just gonna <laughs> you know? say there's gonna be a lack of uh, a lack of players there moving up i mean they they uh, uh i don't know it's it's, so it's gonna be just such a wild time right now to try and pick about anything and figure it out but we'll see cameron smith is leading right now yeah. now this is going into this uh before a lot before this week's stats are in there but uh, Cam Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, the top two names are both of those guys are rumored to be going down. On uh, Adam Scott is ranked eighth right now, so that's another one. Adam Hadwin and, uh, is 12th. Mackenzie Hughes is 11th. Corey Connors is 6th. So if you take out those guys, all three of those guys are well within the... Uh, yeah the top 10, which uh, could give him a really good chance to have three Canadians there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to that event, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens uh, with some of these players rumored uh, to go to the Live Series. Uh, switching gears here to the Evian Championship LPGA Tour, another major coming up. Uh, first, before we talk about Brooke, how about the stretch of golf they're about to play with the Evian, then the Scottish, and then the Women's British Open? It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, when they're flying over, they just say, well, we might as well get it all done one one swoop. So, I mean, Listen, there's no tour in the world where you wear out your passport more than the uh, LPGA yeah. Tour under normal circumstances. They have a couple of different trips over to Asia. They have this one, this swing here. You're playing two majors in three weeks. And, um, I mean, boy, you got to hit the ground running. And I think that's why Brooke took the last three weeks off 
did not play in the Dow team event that was just last week. By the way, we should point out that uh, Elena Sharp had a nice top 10 mm -hmm. finish mm -hmm. for, uh, for, uh, for her. Um, but this is, this is where you want to be. And I had a chance to speak with her a couple of weeks ago. We ran that interview in Golf Talk Canada. And she's pumped. She's geared up. I think perhaps a better chance at the second event. The, uh, the Evian Championship is played on a golf course that, um, how do I put this nicely, not really major worthy. Oh. It's a unusual golf course in a kind of a resort town. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. And I think a lot of the players here aren't, um, aren't too keen on it. And I think the door opens up for a lot more players at this tournament than any other. But when you get to the Open Championship, it's a different story. Totally. And I was going to ask you that. You know, you, you spoke to Brooke month ago maybe three weeks ago when it, whatever it was recently and is that your main takeaway from your conversation that she's you know excited about the way she's playing and she's pumped for the rest of the year like she seems to be in, in really good form right now yeah she came back from that one uh break that was still sort of a bit of a mystery but whatever mm -hmm. she just took a break she needed a break and um and i think the fact that uh she came back and then got that win really buoyed buoyed her uh, her spirits and I think she feels good about where she is right now with her game. She's hitting the ball well. That driver issue is no longer an issue. The driver change, I should say, is no longer an issue. Uh, her putting, moving back to that left-hand low um, option, has produced some good results for her. Her putting has really improved over a year ago. She's working hard on that. I think her wedge play is the one area where she needs maybe a little bit more work. And um, But I asked her if she's, I said, would you ever consider getting a specialty coach? And she said, you know, I've done pretty well with what I got so far so uh, they always the question of course is that you could always play a little bit better but uh, we'll see how much she needs those wedges when she gets to Carnegie yeah we'll see if she you know takes the you know the a, a bad putts better than a bad chip and putts it a lot from around the greens looking forward to seeing her there but her, her season as a whole so far 13 starts six top tens one victory you know pretty close up the ranks in the Rolex player of the year the CME globe she, you know with a with a good stretch here she can really push herself and you know not cement herself as you know up there as the top player of the year but heading into the the cp women's open later this summer she'll be going in there with good form too she needs she needs to win a big one she yeah. needs to win a major she's good enough but i think with only one major championship i think there's a hole there then i think she knows that or she wants that and um perhaps it'll happen in the next three weeks Looking for that second career major, her first since 2016. Looking forward to seeing Brooke at the Evian a little later this week. On the other side, it's Winners Weird and What, our favorite time of the show, and no shortage of weird and wacky in the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks. We are on TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. You can also watch us as we recap the Open Championship, the final major on the men's calendar. Cameron Smith, your winner. 20 under par, a one-shot victory over Cameron Young. And Rory McIlroy finishing third. Still looking for that first major since 2014. But... 
Bob, this is our favorite time of the show. It's winners, weird and what. No shortage of bizarre and crazy in the world of golf over the last week. And this week, my friend, you have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, uh, Adam. Well, my winner this week is the guy who won the tournament yesterday, but uh, Cam Smith, but not necessarily because of his play, but of what he said in the press room afterwards. They asked him, uh, you know, what? how are you going to celebrate? And he said, well, I'm going to see how many beers this, <laughs> this Claret Jug holds. And then they asked him, you know, what do you think? And he looked over and he says, I'd say about two beers. And he said, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink... 20 claret jugs tonight. <laughs> That's a lot. And I was telling you in the break that uh, Justin Thomas told me that the, uh, the Wanamaker Trophy apparently holds, which is much bigger, holds 33 beers. Oof. And it's the, the claret jug is actually quite small. Mm-hmm. It's not a, not a big trophy, as you can see, but I'm holding it compared to the Wanamaker. It's so I think I'd rather win the PGA Championship if I was going to be celebrating. It's probably what the size of like that, the height of that microphone. Yeah, like, pretty close. Wow. I mean, like but and, and then and Shane Lowry responded to that tweet saying you can actually fit a bottle of Jameson in there. So <laughs> yeah. Shane Lowry would know from experience. I mean, this guy, he was uh, he partied it up after that win. And I mean, there's now images of Cameron Smith at uh, at the airport this morning putting uh, the Claret jug in its uh, in its case into the overhead. I don't know if it's going to fit it. When I saw that yeah. picture, it didn't look like it was going to fit. I'm sure they'd make some room for him, though. Yeah, I wonder if you just maybe, you know, cuddle the Claret jug and maybe <laughs> yeah. fall asleep there while you're... a pillow. Be an awkward <laughs> pillow, but... Uh, my weird this week was an interview that happened between... Uh, after the round with uh, Jordan Spieth. And I'm going to kind of read it because it is kind of weird. So mm-hmm. it says, uh, the question was, you have a nice break coming up three weeks, Spieth. I do. This is 8 out of 10. I'll probably do a nice ice bath tonight, which, uh, which ice baths are a lot harder in Scotland than they are in Memphis. Question, do you like ice baths? Speed, I, do, uh, I like to do cold therapy whenever I can. I think it's the most beneficial thing I've found. Cold therapy sounds, sounds better, by the way. If there's cold plunges, uh, I like that, but it's ice baths over here. What does it do for you? I feel like I get fresh legs the next day. But um, the big problem is that the... Uh, there's not a lot of ice. You can't even get ice for your Diet Coke or your Coke over there. So the, the hotel that they're staying in, um, they actually bring, have been bringing bags and putting it into his bath. As Spee said, ice is hard to get into a Coca-Cola over here, so I'm very lucky that they have access to a big ice machine and they bring bags of ice. Justin, I'm assuming that's Justin Thomas, is doing it over here too. So we've, kind of, we've gotten lucky that they've hooked us up here, and yeah, thanks. This is an unusual interview. <laughs> Which is different. Have you ever done the, the ice therapy? Yeah, I, you know what? I've done it a few times. I uh, had some hamstring issues in my day, uh, in my former life, I should say, as a goalie. And uh, I was more, I like the heat. I, I like the hot tub more. I like, I like the, the Epsom salts. I, yep. I was a big Epsom salts guy. Okay. But the, the, ice, the ice bath, the plunges, those really are uncomfortable. They are. I, I've done them after marathons, and they are uncomfortable for the, the first uh, 30 seconds. And then you basically just go numb. So yeah, but they, they, they do help though. I they mean, do. yeah, I they really help. So, yeah. I mean, if you, if you're listening, if you're watching us and maybe if, you know, you went a little too hard, 36 holes in the golf course or workout, <laughs> give one a try and maybe it'll help you. Uh, and then there is what I would think is the radio call of the week. And this came uh, on the uh, open uh, championship radio station. This is a radio call of Rory's hole out from the bunker, the Eagle uh, chip that he made on Saturday. Let's have a listen to this. About ready to go, takes this one, swishes it out, it comes out high, it looks like it needs a soft bounce. Oh, it's an awesome shot from Rory! Will he do it? Oh! 
Bishop. Rory fist bumps to the ground. Oh, I cannot believe what we've just seen, Matty. What a shot. Rory McIlroy just leapfrogs everybody. Minus five for the day. Minus 15 for the tournament. We've got a new leader at the Open Championship, ladies and gents. That's a somewhat enthusiastic radio Do you think he was pumped? I think he said, and people are jumping up and down. I love that description in there. But it reminds me kind of when sometimes when you hear those European soccer uh, announcers talking about goals and things like yeah. this. This was kind of golf's equivalent of that, I felt. You know, it was funny, too, the, the look that um, Scotty Scheffler and Dustin Johnson had on the next hole where they sort of they look at each other and you could see Scheffler smiling. <laughs> but, I mean, that shot was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, what was it, 30, incredible. 40 yards short of the green and the way it sort of pitched on and rolled right in? That was a great shot. Perfect, and, uh, and good for Rory for making it and good for the, uh, for the guy making that radio call. Yep. All right, Adam, the tee is yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. That was sweet, I will say. Anyway, uh, my winner this week is a member of our TSN family, Mr. Brian Mudrick, who oh, yeah. plays, has been playing golf all his life, and he did something magical. He's at Bandon Dunes for his birthday. I don't know if it's a, a milestone birthday. I haven't confirmed that with him yet. Maybe I'll have to confirm with him before we go to TV uh, this week. But he had his first career hole-in-one, which was unbelievable. Congrats, Muddy. I know you love the game, and uh, to get a hole-in-one on what appears to be a fun little boy's birthday trip, I'm, I'm sure, as he mentioned too, maybe a couple glasses of vino to, to celebrate <laughs> that. Uh, I know he, he loves his wine, but how about that? First hole-in-one yeah, on, on, on the Sheep like Ranch that. course. That's a really nice, uh, nice way to play, a nice way to uh celebrate your first one. If you're going to get one, that's a good place, pretty good place to do it. That's a good place to do it. I haven't been to Bandon just yet. It, that's on the bucket list for either. sure. Have to, I know like getting there is kind of, because uh, it's really similar to Cabot. It's, it's a bit of, it's an it's a adventure to get there, really, because just of where it's yeah. located. But there's some unbelievable facilities there and uh, looking forward to hopefully getting there uh, at some point one day. Uh, my weird this week goes to Cameron Smith. And this is the moment on Saturday where I think he lost I thought he had lost the golf tournament. On the 13th hole, he hits a drive that rolls up just to the right of one of those pot bunkers. And we know, everyone knows watching, if you're in a pot bunker, you're going out sideways, you take a penalty, maybe a safe par, you're likely going, making bogey. But, but Smith elects to stand in the bunker and almost baseball swings this thing. And... And Paul Easinger on the broadcast was saying, what, what are you doing? You don't practice the shot. I don't think he practices that shot. <laughs> I don't know anybody who would practice that and, shot. And, you know, he hits this shot that he clearly, you know, it's almost waist high and he chunks it into a gorse bush. And you're thinking, well, of course you're going to do that. And, you know, he hits his next shot from the gorse bush, which I guess he sort of had to do and makes a double bogey. So, I mean, good on Cam Smith for bouncing back the way he did. But in terms of course management, that wasn't great. That was pretty questionable. I don't know how much he thought he could get on that from that baseball swing. And if, if you've never tried to hit a golf ball on a baseball swing, um, I was at an event once where Bob Panasek, legendary Canadian Golf Hall of Fame player, he was hitting off a basically like it looked like a baseball tee. And you try to swing, and I guarantee you, you will if you do it, you'll tr you will hit into you'll hit about uh, halfway up the tee. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how hard it is to hit a ball that's up that high. And, I mean, as talented as Cam Smith is, he's certainly a lot better than me. Uh, he didn't hit it very well. It just went kind of like 
50 feet. And generally speaking, if you try that, you're probably, if you hit it cleanly, you're probably going to hook it off the planet too because yeah. it's so far above your feet. But I mean, Cam Smith's had some interesting coming down the stretch at the Players' Championship when he punched it into the water. Uh, yeah, Remember that too? Right. And then even the, you know, at, at Augusta this past year on 12, he pushed his shot a little right into the water. Even his tee shot on 17 at the Players' Championship, where he put yeah. it right of that right pin location. Which yeah, was, he wasn't he wasn't aiming there. <laughs> he was not aiming there. But I mean, Cameron Smith, you know, good on you, major champion, but uh, questionable uh, course management. And my what this week? What was up with some of the tee shots on the 18th hole? Justin Thomas. Now this wasn't shown on the broadcast, but and I'll, I'll read his tweet from the first round. Couldn't decide if three wood was too much on 18 or if it was a flat five wood. Seemed like a perfect five-wood downwind. Cold topped it. Landed short of the burn. Had 125 in. Nice. <laughs> so you get that. And there was, there was a very funny moment between JT and, Low- and Shane Lowry on Friday where JT got a shot airborne. And uh, Shane Lowry said, oh, you're most improved. And then JT said something <laughs> to him that I can't repeat on the air, laughing. But then Saturday's third round, Dustin Johnson steps up with a fairway wood, and this thing gets this high off the ground. Yeah. It barely made it over the burn. I mean, it rolled 250 yards because the fairways are this hard. But what was up with some of those tee shots? Did, well, you know, the, the one of just getting over the burn, did you see the one with Hao Tong Lee? Uh, oh, in, in the, the first round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hits his ball, and it, on the first hole, goes into the burn, yeah. hits a rock, and comes basically back to where he just was. That was the yeah. that was the, the ball that traveled the furthest but went the shortest, if you know what I mean. It, yeah, well, and speaking of course management and Cam Smith, he laid up on 18 for the first three rounds, but then what did he do on Sunday's final round? Pulls the big dog out yeah. and hits it just short. I mean, good on him for, I guess, you know, taking that risk on. I mean, everyone is hitting driver there, though, right? Well, that, they certainly were at that point, and um, Mac Hughes was saying how he hit uh, earlier in the week. He hit a four iron that traveled, flew 240 yards, and rolled another 100 yards, and basically came up to the lip of the green and just rolled back down. But a four iron to drive that hole is pretty amazing. Yeah, Rory had his stealth UDI out there, hit a couple days, and then it was it was fascinating too watching that hole when the wind switched on on Friday too, and it was just like a totally different hole, and guys yeah. are hitting driver you know 60 yards short. I, I love that golf course. I can't wait to get there someday. But before we go to break, I have a bonus three-dub here. I just saw this on Twitter from the St. Catharines Golf and Country Club where yesterday in the same group, two guys made back-to-back aces. You want to know something? That has happened twice at my golf course. What? Twice. Uh, what hole? Um, uh, once was on 15 and once was on 8. And okay, eight, it's, eight yeah. is a short little one yeah. where it's easy. You can feed in there. But the 15th hole was crazy. And back to back, it's just, I've never, Off the hill. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable to um, when that happens. And the odds are astronomical. Now, this is over a long period of time. But the St. Catharines guys shows you that, man, it, it can happen. It's yeah. just, it's just uh, defies your, your thinking, though. I mean, it's like you said, Muddy has played golf. I think he's 44 now. He's played golf for, you know, 25 years, never had a hole in one. And these guys go boom, boom. Yeah, so I have to give a shout-out here to Greg Cook and then Dave Merritt. You mentioned the odds. According to this tweet, the odds of this happening are 17 million to one. <laughs> wow. So congrats, guys, on the whole on the aces back-to-back. That is uh, awesome. And who knows, maybe after your lesson with, with Ralph Bauer. <laughs> you know, I know you're working on putting, but you won't need your putter because you'll just get a hole-in-one. So, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other side, we'll recap the weekend in the world of golf. From There are a bunch of tournaments going on around the world of golf. We'll have 20 weeks of TaylorMade, and we'll preview our TV show this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Wrapping up our Open Championship recap special right here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks in studio. Time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. Starting on the Corn Ferry Tour, Paul Haley the second picks up the dub there. A seven under 64 in round number four to win a three-shot victory over Austin Eckroats. Uh, any Canadians here? Stuart McDonald, a T21 finish. Good on Stuart. Albin Choi, a T35. Four rounds in the 60s for Albin. Good on you. LPGA Tour, Dow, Great Lakes, Bay Invitational. Jennifer Cupcho, Lizette Salas, a commanding five-shot victory. And Bobby mentioned it earlier. Elena Sharp playing with Sarah Kemp. They finished tie for 10th. A great week for Elena Sharp, who uh, it's great to see her playing good, great golf Yeah, she's only, she's only had a few starts this year. She's kind of lost a lot of her status, so she doesn't get into a lot of events, but uh, she's making the best that she can when, when she can. And then, of course, we have the Open. Cam Smith, your winner. 20 under par, a one-shot victory over Cameron Young. Rory McIlroy finishing solo third. Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Hovland finishing t Four. Of course, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues a little later today. We are giving away not one, but two unbelievable prizes. A set of TaylorMade P790 irons as well as the TaylorMade Stealth Plus driver. How do you win? Follow Golf Talk Canada, TaylorMade Golf Canada, Twitter, Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. You will be in the draw to win. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer on GTC. Also. There was a uh, opposite field PGA Tour event, by the way. We should. That's point out. right. Barracuda Championship. Ches Reevy is your uh, former Canadian Open champion, Ches Reevy, and a nice finish for Taylor Pendrith. He finishes T11, uh, moves up to 102nd now in the FedEx Cup standings, which is, I won't say it's 100% safe, but it's pretty good safe now. He's coming back after his injuries, playing well. Uh, Michael Gligic uh, tied for 31st. Uh, Aaron Cockrell playing because it's a co-sanctioned event with the DP World Tour, tied for 39th, and David Hearn also tied. For 39th. There you go. And, and great to see Taylor Pendrith playing some good golf after after hurting the ribs, after then getting COVID, right, before he was supposed to play the John Deere yeah, John Classic. Deere, yeah. right. So, I mean, you know, good for him. And, you know, he's he's a guy who's been had some of the weirdest injuries, you know, tearing his palm at one point to <laughs> exactly. do that. for A guy with so much club at speed, uh, good on him. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday, 1 p.m. TSN, as we'll recap the Open Championship. We'll take a, a deep dive on what went right for Cameron Smith and what went wrong for Rory McIlroy. And he just simply got outplayed, and we'll discuss that at length. We'll have our, our shots of the week. I know there are a lot of holdouts as well. We'll have our, our edge picks for the 3M Open. Spoiler alert, the field 
not great. <laughs> but this is where, I mean, on GTC, Mark Sakino went back-to-back with JT Poston at the Deer and Xander Shoffley at the Scottish Open. You had Rory McIlroy this week. So if you're not tuning in to us, I mean, you know, pull out, uh, pull out your FanDuel app and place a wager maybe for your fantasy team because we've picked a lot of winners this year. We, we've done pretty well considering it's hard. I mean, it's, it's got to be the hardest sport to pick the winner, and you've got 156 players. It's like a horse race with 156 people in it. But uh, there's always some good value in the 3M championship, so we'll see what we can find. Remember, this used to be the spot that the RBC Canadian That's Open right. had for many years, right, the week after the... Uh, the Open Championship. It's a tough place to be, but uh, hey, somebody's going to win. Someone's going to win it. Yeah, it's certainly a tough place. I totally forgot about that, the RBC Canadian Open. It's been a couple of years now, but yeah. you're right about that. <laughs> um, so for all four majors on the men's side are, are now finished. Any When you look back at the week that was at St. Andrews, is there something that really sticks out to you? Uh, I, think, I think for a lot of people, as much as it was um, Camp Smith winning, I think Rory not getting it done was heartbreaking in a lot of ways. I think he's such a fan favorite. You saw the adulation he got at the RBC Canadian Open when it was this huge love-in. I mean, it was almost ridiculous to see how much they embraced him. And uh, and I just think the, the the farewell for Tiger will also stick in my mind. The, the, the walk across the bridge, the hat off, the tears coming down, uh, the adulation from the fans, the respect from the other players. It was, it was something else. So there's lots of good memories at the Open Championship. I think they did a great job in trying to keep the focus as much as they could on the 150th celebration of the tournament, and uh, good for them. I love all the signage. You know, everything led to this. That was very well done uh, by everyone involved there. 151st next year at Hoylake, where yeah. Rory McIlroy won back in 2014. Tiger Woods won back there in 2006. So yeah. guys who have played well there before. Looking forward to that, too. And as you mentioned on Twitter, I mentioned in our show last week, this is it's our favorite championship of the year. And I love watching this tournament. For, I think part of it, too, is that you can get up early and watch it. And yeah. I, know, I know for people out there, the Thursday-Friday uh, viewing wasn't necessarily the easiest or the best, depending on where you are in Canada. But uh, when it got to TSN, yes. uh, we didn't let you down. We had a complete coverage right to the end, and we had it... Uh, uh, all the uh, finalists, all the big guys, uh, they were complete rounds, and it was good, good to watch. It was fun to watch, and uh, it was when I was in Ireland a couple of years ago, actually being on the same time zone, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Yeah. But, but now, now that you know, we're here, it's, you know, pull out the coffee, get the eggs and bacon going, or whatever you eat in the morning. Protein shake probably for you, right? Protein, no, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you get to watch, uh, watch the Open. What a week it was. And also on TV this Wednesday, we'll preview Brooke Henderson's chances, who she is looking for her first major since 2016, her second, second overall career major. She has two top tens at this Evian Championship in the past. Six top tens this year and 13 starts. She's playing some good golf. Mike Weir going for a major on the Champions That's Tour. Right. Stephen Ames, obviously. That'll be interesting to see how they do. That's right. So much going on in the world of golf. We'll be back Wednesday, 1 p.m. on TSN TV. And the next week, Mark Sacchino back, and we'll have a, an in-depth recap at his in trip in Ireland. I'm sure we'll hear about all of his great shots. He won't hit any poor shots because he's a plus two handicap. So we'll hear all about the great shots and all and all about the, the great fun. And we'll see that in our travel special as well a little later this year. Bob, thanks for today. Always good to be here. For all everyone listening, watching, thanks so much for joining us. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last.
serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.